Hey everyone, this is Leticia from Paris and you're listening to Powerful Podcasting Stories, the show that reveals how podcasters, creators and editors around the world do it behind the scenes, behind the microphone. I challenged myself to get at least 100 episodes in 10 days. Are you curious enough to know if I succeeded or not? Well, you'll have to keep listening. Today we're talking about editing with a podcaster who is usually off mic and in the dark, editing the episodes we end up listening. What's their process of making them complete? Let's listen to our guest's powerful story. Hi, my name is Steven Sanchez. I'm an audio engineer and I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. I practically immerse myself in audio almost every day, whether it be a podcast I'm listening to or editing, music, films and TV shows, I'm always listening to something. Are you the host and editor of your own show? Or do you simply edit someone else's show? The shows I currently edit are not my own, but two of them are my main weekly and bi-weekly shows I edit regularly. One is a very popular strength-based podcast focused on remote coaching, and the other is an Air Force officer show focused on information for members under the Air Force umbrella. Do you have a background in sound design, journalism, content editing? Like, what's your background? And what got you into podcasting? I started my audio journey back in high school, learning recording software and learning some fundamentals of analog audio and later digital. I was in a rock band and we used to record a two-track mix to digital. It was some really good times. When I reached college, my chosen school had a recording program under the College of Music. I ended my time with a job and a degree in sound recording technology, and I set out to be a studio and live audio engineer. I've been working professionally since then, but since COVID, I've lost my day job and I am now a freelance audio engineer, taking in work as it comes in, whether it be podcast, films, TV, commercial, audiobooks, but mostly right now, podcasts is the way to go, and podcasts are booming. On what software do you edit the podcasts? Is it effective and fast enough for you? Currently, my software of choice is Pro Tools by Avid. It's the software I've been using for 11 plus years now. Pro Tools can be really efficient when it comes to just editing. Your use of the left hand on the keyboard is very centralized to a few keys. Normally, you don't have to move your left hand at all. And... Most dolls I find lacking in this regard because their keyboard shortcuts are everywhere on the keyboard as opposed to centralized to one section of the keyboard. Pro Tools does have some of that going on, and that's for more advanced uses of it, but mainly I think Pro Tools is efficient when it comes to editing out of most dolls I've found. I really, really like Reaper. In fact, I'm probably going to switch at the end of this year um, when my subscription is up, um, just because Reaper is not only is it uh, affordable, but you can actually customize it to whatever you want. Um, in fact, I made it look and feel and edit like Pro Tools, and I'm not going to look back. I have also started doing um, video editing, not too heavy, but I do owe that success to Blackmagic's DaVinci Resolve. It's super stable on my PC, and I couldn't ask for more when it comes to an easy-to-understand video non-linear editor. What kind of podcast formats do you edit most? How long are they? How many guests? How much sound design is involved? 
At the moment, the formats I'm editing are basically a combination of interview and commentary on that interview or strictly information for their audiences. Now, this typically is two guests uh, at a time. So like in an interview, it would be, it would be uh, the two hosts do a commentary to introduction and then interview with just the host or the co-host and then the co-host and the host come back to do a commentary or it could be a three-person podcast like in the strength-based podcast I edit. It could be three people or four people or two people but most of the time it's just two people. Um, I don't do a lot of sound design on these shows. It's mostly just mixing um, commercials in for ads and also mixing um, the intro and outros. Um, there's not really much sound design. I've, I've tried to do some sound design on some like bleeps and cuss words and stuff like that, but everybody seems to just like the bleeps. So sound design, not so much, but I would love to do it. I used to do it all the time when I worked in the studio. So I would love to do something like that. What is the most challenging episode you edited and why? Tell us what happened. One, one episode I had with three guests. Well, one guest and a host and a co-host. Uh, they were recording video and audio together uh, via web-based program. Uh, and these programs are, you know, there. there's a lot of them now out there uh, for video and audio syncing. And they all do pretty much the same thing um, where they record uh, via frames and then those frames get compiled in the cloud and then in the cloud that's when all, everything gets mixed together and that's all great and fine but that leaves room for error and this specific uh person that they were interviewing he supposedly had great internet he was plugged in ethernet wired the host was wired um and for whatever reason his audio and his video were just completely destroyed um even their backup was destroyed uh, and the recording, the local recording of the audio was fine up until a certain point and I had to go back and use their backup of their backup which was very very low quality. I'm talking way lower quality than a Zoom audio feed and um, that's what we, that's what I, I had to clean it up uh, using RX and I was able to get it into a a good place but it definitely was not fun and it was time consuming and unfortunately i had to charge them a little bit more because it did take a little bit longer um that's a challenge and i think that's a huge challenge going forward is finding a service that is reliable in this instance because not every person that records podcasts are technically inclined and can you know record video and audio synced locally on their machine and upload it when they can just send a link to somebody and they can just click choose their hardware their webcam their their audio device and get it get it recording um and unfortunately not all of them work a hundred percent of the time <laughs> take us briefly through what you as an editor receive to what you deliver like an exported complete interview Tell us more about your whole editing process. My process is pretty simple. I feel like it's going to be similar to mostly everybody in this regard, but if not, then I'm doing something wrong for the past seven years. 
import their I import their audio into my DAW and I use RX Connect. Uh, it's not a Pro Tools exclusive thing, but it's an audio suite plugin, which basically means it's an outboard plugin. It doesn't live on a track. Um, I send my audio from RX Connect to RX and I clean the files that way. So I use a deplosive module, leveler, mouth declick, dialogue dereverb, loudness control. And these are just like basic cleaning modules that most people use in show in the shows that I edit, and I'm sure most people use um, if they're serious about editing. I, I think RX is a invaluable tool. And then when the files are rendered, they render back to Pro Tools, and then I mix to taste. So I go through and I I do some small edits where I'm taking out some of the crosstalk, but not all of it because it leaves the conversation flowing. Um, but then I mix to taste, and that's when I finally edit after I mix to taste. Now, I'm using various plugins for mixing. I'm using a channel strip, a compressor, a de-esser, an expander, expander and or gate. Um, and then all, all of that gets routed to a vocal chain. And my vocal chain is where all my dialogue is routed. So, um, and on that chain, I use a small peak compressor to slap anything down that my track plugins are gonna miss. And then also another de-esser to catch any S's that the track plugins don't catch as well. And the only reason I do this is because when you use a limiter or you use some sort some sort of maximizer to make the overall level even louder, those harsh frequencies that you cut in your de-esser or in your compressor or whatever you're using to slap all that stuff down, it's gonna get louder. All frequencies are gonna get louder when you turn something up. Um, so having that peak compressor, or it's a small compressor that is set to a peak format. And anytime it hits over a peak threshold, then it's going to slap those peaks down. And then in my de-esser side, I just have the smallest DS from uh, the tracks. And it's just a small kiss. Um, we like to call it a kiss of compression at the end before it hits the limiter. And this also keeps the limiter from... Um, over limiting or over modulating the signal when it actually outputs because um, you can hear a limiter uh, get harsh when something gets too loud over uh, above its threshold so uh, the main mix chain is where all the the, is, um, the main mix chain is where um, I raise the overall level and I mix to broadcast like I said before and use the limiter to raise the level and I use either AES, which is the Audio Engineer Society, or I use podcast services, service specs like Apple, Spotify, um, uh, in that final limiter to reach that specification. As you know, podcast specification is negative 16 dB, plus or minus 1 dB, uh, LUFS. Um, I use AES standards for most things, which is actually negative 18, uh, plus or minus, I think, 2 dB uh, peak. I could be wrong on that, but that's where it mostly sits. If you're not the host, do you, as an editor, have the right to remove content from the interview? So far, my clients trust me to remove anything raunchy or anything that might be divisive amongst their audience. Um, I find that it's liberating to be able to do that. Um, I do make some choices on the, in that regard, and I do have pretty much um, the right to remove 
anything I want in their podcast, but I keep most of it in there. I there's very very few times where I've taken out full sections. Um, only when it's like has nothing to do with the podcast, and they even say it has nothing to do with the podcast in the show. Sometimes I'll just delete that entire section because it has nothing to do with the actual show that everyone was <laughs> that everyone is there to listen to. Um, so yeah, I um, right now, like right now, um, I take out a lot of cuss words and I bleep a lot of cl- cuss words. Um, if if I can edit them out, I will. Um, and then, and then if I question something, if something is if I'm questioning something, if I'm questioning something that is sounds raunchy, then it probably is. So I should probably just take it out. So that's just how it usually goes. And finally, share with us some of the tips and tricks that top podcast editors use to make audio sparkle. Um, one tip I would like to share is you should really get a quiet space that's not super reflective. It doesn't have to be a perfect studio for you to edit in, but really invest in some sort of quiet space and some sort of noise dampening and some sort of good monitoring situation. I'm using two near field speakers and I honestly couldn't mix on headphones the way I do in here with just the monitors. Get yourself a good pair of monitors and that that will help you a long way, especially if you are doing a music show and you have music throughout your entire show or shows that you edit summing summing to mono on a hardware level is invaluable to me um especially when i'm mixing ads i want to be able to have that voice sparkle and shine through the music but i also want the music to be heard i don't want the music to be hidden underneath the voice and i don't want the voice to be overshadowing the music or vice versa Um, summing to mono on a hardware level will allow you to bump up that music right up to the voice and then once you once you take it out of mono on your hardware you should be able to really pinpoint that center voice and have the music really envelop that voice but still you can hear every single detail of that voice throughout the music and i think that's one special way you can really up your mixes is just listening in mono not from from a software standpoint but from a hardware level so like your output from your interface has to go into a um, controller and that controller is able to sum that stereo signal to mono and vice versa i think having that is an invaluable tool for any editor thank you so much for being an inspiring guest on my show and thank you for sharing your process challenges tips and tricks with us Thank you all so much for listening to this episode. To know more about your guest, you can find all the links in the description below, including a special link. If you're a podcaster and would like to participate as a guest, go ahead and be my guest. This challenge was recorded asynchronously on Rumble Studio. If you too want to create podcasts at scale, try it for free. Well, With this episode, I'm 1% closer to my goal. But have I reached 100? See you in the next episode.